It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The All-Star Game was actually fun, but did Kemba Walker play too much? Plus, we got the Tatum-Kemba Walker matchup that we wanted. It's the Monday Locked On Celtics podcast. Millie's, let's go. Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's is the best way. Melly. Happy Monday from Chicago, Illinois. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. Here after the All-Star Game where the Celtics were represented on each team and Jason Tatum gets bragging rights by virtue of his Team LeBron's 157-155 win over Team Giannis. So, let's start with the actual game because it was actually fun. And it was great to see this actual basketball game kind of break out down the stretch in the fourth quarter. So the first quarter was what it was, you know, first half kind of was what it was, but the first quarter, especially where it was your typical alley-oops, everybody kind of sort of get out of the way, do your thing, throw the the alley-oops, show off a little bit. And then in the second quarter, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo just started to try. He was like, um, we're going we're gonna to make this competitive here. And he was starting to try a little bit. In the first quarter, it was kind of Kawhi Leonard, who was just shooting and not missing. Second quarter, it was Giannis that was like making plays to the point where the uh, I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks front office had like heart attacks all weekend long. First of all, the dunk contest, Pat Connaughton tried to jump over or did jump over Giannis in one of his dunks, which was cool, but like you're jumping over Giannis. Pick somebody else. If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks front office, like pick somebody else. Could you please? Because you know, this guy's kind of our future. And then Giannis is out there in the first quarter of this game, kind of running around. And I thought he was going to dive into the stands for a loose ball. And at the in the fourth quarter, he was diving on the floor. So anyway, first half was what it was. And then in the third quarter, I think the teams really started to kind of turn it up a little bit. And that's when you saw a little bit more defense being played. You didn't see the alley-oops kind of being thrown. Uh, They wanted to win that quarter. So we started to see timeouts and coaches' challenges. And it, it was because by winning each quarter, you get to donate money to your charity. And so the way they did it, I I saw a little bit of the game broadcast. It looked like they were just, you you had the running score in the top right. Nothing really changed. They just kind of changed how they presented it. And then the winner of each quarter was given, you know, the the opportunity to donate to, to their charity. So the competitiveness there in the third quarter, the teams were taking timeouts and trying to win. Then in the fourth quarter, what happened was, if, if you don't know or didn't understand what was going on, they tacked 24 points to the, the highest score, which was Team Giannis at that point. 
and they basically said the it was a chase to 157. First team to 157, which was 24 points more than the the highest score, the Giannis score, in honor of Kobe Bryant. And they so there was no time in the quarter. However, I will say, I will note that uh, it seems, according to the NBA uh, box score, the official NBA box score on the official NBA site, that the fourth quarter was actually 12 minutes long, which it's kind of wild that it worked out that way. At least that's that's what the, the box score tells me, 12 minutes. It's got this weird like 12.02, but I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming, because I, I don't have the timing in front of me. I could. I didn't keep time. It seemed like it went twelve minutes. So, or maybe maybe not. <laughs> but it feels like it went twelve minutes. It feels like a regular fourth quarter. And so Kemba played the whole thing. That fourth quarter with the actual chase for uh, that score was amazing. It was just a, a legit. It was just an NBA basketball game where. Kyle Lowry was taking charges and Chris Paul was complaining to the refs and you were getting like full on kind of actual NBA basketball. That was, that was fun to see. It's exactly what the, um, what the NBA was looking for when they kind of created this. And Frank Vogel made a good point that in, in past all-star games, when it's been close down the stretch, the competitiveness does kick in and take over. And these guys have played kind of tougher or more competitive fourth quarters, but nothing like this. This was a flat out, just normal NBA fourth quarter. Um, And the only thing that people are complaining about as far as the game goes is that it ended on free throws, which after the game, guys were not they, they didn't care they're like like free throws are part of the game we as everybody was a fan in that one you know we're just kind of watching this this game this awesome game where it really is like t- 10 of the best players in the NBA 10 of the best players in the world right now kind of just going at it trying to see who who's better we wanted to see like a basket. We wanted to see a game-winning shot. We wanted to see because for a while there, the LeBron team was down was only uh, three points away, and so we saw them trying to take threes. And you know, James Harden actually hit a three, but he pushed off, and we got offensive fouls, um, which was just kind of fun to see. Uh, fans wanted a game winner. They wanted something other than the free throw. They were booing the fact that it was a free throw. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. That, that's how it works out. That's how it works out. Um, you can't if, – if you take that away, then what ends up happening is you just start – it becomes a foul fest and, you know, you, you just start hacking like crazy and whatever. So that's how it worked out. So be it. It was still – everything up until then was an exciting fourth quarter. And hey, the NBA, they kind of did it with that, that the all-star game worked. Uh, so congratulations to the NBA for that. Uh, the other events that I thought the three point contest was great. You had buddy healed winning that at the buzzer. Basically, you know, the shooting was crazy. I liked the, the 30 footer that mountain Dew whatever shot, like 
okay, yeah, it's sponsored and it's a green ball, but whatever. I liked that that long shot was there. I thought that added a nice little element to it. Didn't take away from the contest. It added a modern element to the contest. I thought that was good. I thought the dunk contest was amazing up until the final kind of tallying of the score. But Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall, maybe not exactly cleanly. And you can say, well, you know, he did clip him in the head. And thankfully, Taco's all right. But he jumped over Taco Fall. Like, that's, I don't care if he clipped him a little bit on the back of the head, still jumped over Taco Fall. <laughs> that's insane. Him and Derek Jones Jr. were just electric. I thought some of the dunks that they were throwing down were amazing. The Gordon reverse one hand, like 360, that was just so graceful. And impossible, seemingly impossible. He floated in the air with that. That was amazing. Jones with the 360 between the legs dunk. That dude was flying. I mean, some of the dunks that they were throwing down were amazing. I thought I thought it was a good dunk contest. Like once you got down to those guys. Um I don't believe Dwight Howard in that whole Superman thing. I don't believe him that he said he worked it out with Kobe. Uh, I just don't believe him, but whatever. Uh, get him out of there. The Pat Connaughton dunk was surprising. Like the jump over Giannis tap the backboard dunk was good. Um, so I thought the All-Star Saturday. Oh, and we had Tatum losing in the uh, skills challenge, which was funny. He sat down afterwards and was like, well, that was quick. Um but I thought the skills challenge is whatever. Um, I thought the three-point contest was good. I thought the dunk contest was good. I'm a little upset that the the judges kind of like conspired to make it a tie. Just give the give the points. Like that 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 kind of soiled the the fun. Like it just it spoiled the whole thing because like just judge the thing. Don't confer. Don't kind of conspire to do all that. Just give us the whatever you think the points are. Like that, that kind of took away from the overall greatness of, of that dunk contest. Like we should have just been marveling at some of the amazing dunks there. But I think the, this All-Star Weekend has been really good for the NBA. It was really successful, I think. Not successful, Kemba Walker's minutes, which surprised me. It surprised me what he said afterwards. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked on NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. 
local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. There was a second there that I thought Kemba Walker was going to actually be this game's MVP. He had uh, he had just scored a bunch of the points in the fourth quarter. He had gotten hot. Uh, I, I thought that he was slowly sneaking his way into the conversation. He scored seven points of his 23 in the fourth quarter, uh, he had a good game. I mean, he had 23 on 9 of 18 shooting, 5 of 11. Uh, he missed most of his shots later in the fourth quarter when you know he had opportunities to kind of close this thing out. If he had closed it out and hit a couple more shots and they won, he would have been the guy that I think I think he would have won the MVP because he was he was going to be the closer, but he got cold and team LeBron came back. Now, Kemba played 29 minutes and 10 seconds. He said after the game, and I'll read his direct quote, I asked him, you played the entire fourth quarter. It was essentially an entire fourth quarter. And, you know, what what was that like and and all of that stuff. Uh, And he said, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was actually supposed to be on a minutes restriction but the game got too close. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to compete. I knew down the stretch that it would get serious like that, and I wanted to be a part of it. So I want to start by saying this is probably not a big deal. However, it's I'm hoping it's not a big deal. When you say I was actually supposed to be on a minutes restriction, that tells me that somebody screwed up somewhere. And frankly, I don't give a damn if you wanted to be out there and you wanted to compete. In the end, this is an all-star game. And it's meaningless. It's great that you were out there. If there was a minutes restriction then he should have stuck to the minutes restriction. There are seven other all-stars sitting on that bench who didn't play in that fourth quarter, that sat there and watched, that could have gone out there and participated. There were some really good players out there that didn't play in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler didn't play in the fourth quarter. You could have thrown Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram, Chris Middleton. None of those guys played in the fourth quarter. 
Okay? Trey Young, who was a starter, sat, and they went with Kyle Lowry. So why not put Jimmy Butler in? He's Mr. Fourth Quarter anyway. He was fresh. I'm sure he wanted to play. Why not go with one of those other guys? I, I mean, I, I don't want to overreact because I don't know. And there was no opportunity to ask the follow-ups. So you know the way it's set up over there. It, it, there's, a cr- there's a ton of media. There's just a ton of media. Uh, the United Center was just not prepared to handle that much media. There was, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of us. And it's a small area. There's, it's tightly packed. And there's limited time. So I tried to ask Nick Nurse. It's not like a scrum situation where you just chime in. You raise your hand. They stick a mic in front of you. And they have to call on you. So I wanted to ask Nick Nurse about not subbing in the fourth quarter to see what he said. Didn't get a chance to ask that. Kemba, I asked that question. I didn't get an opportunity to follow up on, what do you mean minutes restriction? How many minutes was it supposed to be? So that's unclear. A lot of that stuff is unclear. I don't know if it was 25 minutes and he played 29. I don't know if it was supposed to be, eh, you know, 25 minutes-ish. I don't want to make it seem like this is like a big travesty, like, oh, God, they're, they're screwing us. I, I'm pretty sure that Nick Nurse, if he was aware of, of it, or maybe he lost track of it, or maybe because it was untimed, he didn't get a real sense for, hey, you know, you look at the clock and you go, oh, there's seven minutes left or six minutes left or however much time left, I got to pull him out because he's on a minutes restriction. I mean, that could have been a part of why he played through a minutes restriction. But there's a lot that's unclear here. He still has time to rest. But you know what? He was still on his feet all weekend. He's still walking around and you know doing his coaching things and going through the team's practice. And, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that the all-star practice is rigorous or anything like that. But you know, you're on your feet. You're on your feet. You're, you're doing basketball stuff. You're playing hard. That all-star game was you're playing hard. And uh, I, I just I, – I, I don't know what the net result is. And in the moment when you hear I played – you know, I was actually supposed to be on a minutes restriction, that it does raise questions. And we'll just have to see. It, it could mean nothing at all. He can play the rest of the season and be fine – and not have a knee issue, they can manage it, you'll be fine, not a big deal. Or, if he misses a game on this road trip that's coming up at the end of the week, if he misses any time in the upcoming days, then we all of a sudden now have a very serious question to ask, like, he said he was supposed to be on a minutes restriction in the All-Star game, what happened to that? And why is one of your star players playing through a minutes restriction in an all-star game when an opposing coach, the Toronto Raptors head coach, is supposed to be, you know, there's a courtesy there. And I'm I'm sure that, again, not malicious, not intentional, but now you've got a rival coach playing your guy too much. So it, it has the potential to get messy. And so... I've spent a lot of time kind of like couching it and not like, I don't want to 
say that I'm upset that Celtics fans should be upset that the Celtics should be upset. I don't know. I don't know what the proper reaction is. I do know that hearing those words out of Kemba's mouth is concerning, makes you perk up a little bit and go, what? Say what now? That, that sounds like it's not a good thing. So I don't know if it'll ultimately not be a good thing or what, but right now sounds like not a good thing. And hopefully it means nothing. We blow past this and never talk about it again. And I can just happily be like, ah, all right, never mind. Because that's that's the goal. Just say, oh, never mind. Forget it. Not a big deal. So I'm going to leave it at that. And then come back and talk about some of the fun from the All-Star Game next on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. We got the matchup that we were promised. Kemba Walker versus Jason Tatum. Uh, it happened early in the game. I want to say late first quarter, second quarter. I don't remember exactly. But they were both in the game. They weren't in the game together a lot. But they were both in the game. And... Tatum got the ball. It was inbounded, and Tatum was like, give me the ball. I got this. As soon as he got the ball, you could see Kemba Walker on the other side of the floor. He slid right on over to the left side of the floor. From my side, it was the right side, but from his side, it's the left. And you could see the smile on his face. And as Jason Tatum started dribbling over half court, Kemba was clapping. Come on, let's go. And... They were laughing the whole time. You look at pictures from that moment, posting each other up, posting uh, Tatum posting Kemba up, and they're smiling. Kemba's smiling. Tatum's smiling. It's just a fun moment. And so Tatum goes to back him down, gives him a couple of little shoulders, nothing crazy, turns, fires a fadeaway mid-range because of course, and he misses. And so... Uh, afterwards, Kemba was like, yeah, I locked him up. <laughs> you knew that was going to be the reaction. Tatum was like, yeah, I just missed a shot, but he said he got a stop on me. Uh, and it, it's just fun. The, the other thing that Kemba said, he, that's my little brother. And it's amazing. I wrote about this on Mass Live. Their relationship has has really grown quickly. Tatum said it. A month ago or so, maybe not even close to a month ago, that the relationship has gone from not knowing each other at all to Team USA, to playing for the Celtics, to this all-star experience. Like Tatum and Kemba have gone through a lot together already. They're both Jordan brand guys now. They're, they've really gotten to know each other through a ton of different basketball-related things. And they've grown quite close. I mean, they've really grown very close. And the thing that I wrote about, the thing that stuck out to me is how the timing of all of this has been perfect. 
perfect for the Celtics, perfect for Kemba, perfect for Tatum. Because for for Tatum, third-year player, he needed to spread his wings. And he wasn't going to do that with Kyrie here. And forget about all of the locker room Kyrie stuff. It's just the type of player that Kyrie was. The He was the number one guy. He... Kyrie won a championship already when he got to Boston. He'd already he's, he knows what it takes, and he'll tell you he knows what it takes. And so he's going to be the guy that carries everybody to the next championship. In his head, that's what he's going to do. And so he's going to be the ball-dominant guy. He's going to be the guy in the fourth quarter that's taking all the shots. Everybody's got to go follow his lead. Kemba spent six years or so, six was six, in Charlotte, and seven, whatever it was, uh, carrying that team and failing. Going to the playoffs a couple of times, winning two games, I think it was, losing eight, not having any success. And so, almost like a little kind of 2008-ish kind of feeling of... Uh, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett coming over and being like, okay, we've, we've banged our heads against the, against the wall for a while. We're not going to do that anymore. It's time to like take a, a little step back and sacrifice and let other people kind of help us out. And, you know, it's kind of funny because KG uh, on the all, this, all, all the Smoke podcast, which I got to see recorded live, which was awesome, he said – you know, I probably should have left Minnesota a little earlier. And I think what Kemba did leaving Charlotte was probably what KG should have done in Minnesota. So anyway, Kemba comes to Boston. He's like, I want my usage rate to go down. I'm, I'm ready to let other people kind of handle some of the heavy lifting. And now insert Tatum. Tatum, third-year player, starting to figure things out. And one of the things about this season is that he spent, and I've said this before on the podcast, months trying, like trial and error. I'm just going to drive like crazy and fly into people. Okay, that's not working. Well, I'm going to take a bunch of mid-range shots. and like, all right, that's not working exactly like I thought. I'm going to try floaters. Remember that stretch where he's just trying like floater after floater after floater, and then that went away. He has now in that time kind of put together like, all right, so I, if I drive this way, I can do this. And then if I get to this spot on the floor, I can shoot a floater every once in a while. But if I do this, this is going to help me out a a little bit more. And so he's had all of this time and space and encouragement from Kemba to go do that. And under Kyrie, I don't think that he would have gotten that space. I think Kyrie, and this isn't bringing up old Kyrie stuff. I just comparing the players in the situation. I think Kyrie would have been a little different there and maybe dominating too much and not giving Tatum that space. So Kyrie leaving and Kemba coming in helps Tatum because Kemba's like, yeah, go do you, man. Go, We want you you're the number one guy. You're the guy. 
You know, Kemba has said about Tatum and Brown, this is their team. He has said that. And so having that space to operate, having that encouragement, freedom to operate has created this atmosphere for Tatum to gain this confidence to go and do this. And now, before the All-Star break, we started to see the four or five games where he's dropping 30 high 20s, averaging like 28 points a game. We're seeing the fruits of everything. The timing of it all was actually perfect. and They are exactly who they needed. Tatum needed a Kemba Walker. He needed that guy that was going to take a little step back, support him, still hit big shots in the fourth quarter, still be a star player, still be a guy that he can look up to and a mentor, but also the guy that's almost like a cheerleader. Be like, yeah, man, go. I'm happy to take a be a 1A or a 2. If you're going to be a 1 and as special of a 1 that you can be, yeah, I'll take a step back. No problem. That's what Tatum needed. That's also what Kemba needed. A guy that can go out there that can get buckets in the fourth quarter where Kemba, if he's not shooting well, not feeling it, or drawing a lot of attention, getting double teamed, blitzed in pick and rolls, he can look to somebody else and be like, all right, I'll give the ball up, no problem. I don't have to force it. I don't have to carry anybody. I don't have to take crazy shots. I don't have to like bust myself to a point where I'm like broken. So go be great. I need somebody that's great. Perfect timing for these guys and perfect timing for the Celtics because the Celtics need a top 10 player, top 15 player. And so Jason Tatum could slowly be getting closer to that. So it's worked out for all parties and because of this relationship that they've built. And it benefits everybody. Now, I'm just talking about Tatum and Kemba because this is them at the All-Star Game. It just so happens to be that Jalen was involved in the All-Star Game. Marcus Smart was involved in the All-Star. I mean, I'm sorry, in Team USA. Smart and uh, Brown, they were both involved in in Team USA. But Tatum also has the Jordan brand stuff. Tatum also has the All-Star Game. Tatum just has that little something extra with, with Kemba. And, you know, he's just a little bit younger, and he, I think, needed this. So their relationship, as I've seen it grow over the season, hearing them talk, seeing them together in Chicago, I think it's important. I think this, is, this has been an important development for them and the team. If Tatum can grow into a top 15 player, a top 10 player. He's not there yet. But if he can, if that's what he's if that's what he's ascending to, if the stuff that we've seen in those few games before the All-Star break becomes the norm, then watch out cuz now the now the Celtics become the team with the star, the stud, and then Kemba is now your 1A, your 2, and Jalen Brown, cusp of the All-Star game is your number two or three. And then Gordon Hayward, depending on what his contract situation is, is like your third slash fourth option. And then holy shit. So this has been a super important year. This relationship has been super important between the two of them. And it's been great to see. 
I get sirens outside my my window, so this is going to be a place for me to stop and just shut this thing down. I want to thank everybody for listening and figure out shows for the rest of the week. Uh, we'll see. The Celtics, I think, get back, back to practice on Wednesday. So we'll figure out shows for the rest of the week. Um, traveling back to Boston tomorrow. So um, possible, possible that there might not be a show on Tuesday. Possible, but we'll see. Um, I'll just keep in mind. So I don't know. If there's any sort of travel delay, uh, I don't know. But keep that in mind. I'll try to be here for you five days this week. We'll see. Uh, Please subscribe to the show so you can get the show right to your device uh, as soon as it drops. Uh, Give me a five-star rating. It'd be awesome. A good written review would be spectacular. It helps a lot. Share the podcast. Tell all your friends that listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.